Looking to snap a two-game losing streak, what do the Seahawks need to get done to defeat the lowly Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium on Sunday? I'm going to be devising a game plan for victory on a special edition Saturday podcast of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, 12s. Early Saturday to you on the Pacific Northwest. It's 7 a.m. I know it's really early for a show, but I'm in the process of moving. This is not how I anticipated my 1,000th episode of Locked on Seahawks would go. The plan was to do it last night, and unfortunately, my hotel had some noise issues. I'm a little bit loud when I do my podcast, so I had to wait till Saturday morning, but really excited about this episode. Obviously, as I said, 1,000 episodes of Locked on Seahawks now for me. That is insane. We're going to be breaking down this upcoming Seahawks-Rams game on Sunday, tomorrow, coming up at SoFi Stadium, devising a game plan for victory, dishing out my X-Factors, what Seattle must absolutely do to win, and, of course, my prediction for the week as well. Jam-packed episode coming your way. You may hear a cat or two as a co-host on today's show, which makes it a special Saturday edition that is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Now for your lead story here on our Saturday edition of Locked On Seahawks. The Seahawks had a little bit of an illness bug going through the locker room this week. In fact, on Thursday, they had 11 players that did not participate in practice and were sent home because of what Pete Carroll called a flu-like bug that they are dealing with right now at the VMAC. Luckily, he's not expecting that any players are going to miss Sunday's game against the Rams because of this illness. He said it's been about a 48-hour turnaround. Players have been bouncing back pretty quickly. Really, all this started last weekend with a few guys, including Abraham Lucas, having this flu-like bug. And he ended up playing in that game, didn't have his best game by any means, but ended up gutting it out, started, played every single snap. And there were a few other guys that were sick last week. This week, it feels like it's gone through the entire team, and yet the prognosis is looking pretty good. Pete Carroll expecting all the players to be available. And that means we've got another very small injury report for the Seattle Seahawks. Second straight week, you know, coming out of a bye last week, it was expected. But only three players listed on the final injury report all of them being questionable. Ryan Neal, the only player on here that doesn't have illness next to his name, he's dealing with elbow and shoulder injuries. He had to exit in overtime against the Raiders last Sunday, missed the last play of the game. Obviously, that was a huge play with Josh Jacobs going 86 yards for a touchdown, and Neal's replacement, Josh Jones, was not able to make the open field tackle that sprung him for that long walk-off touchdown. Nonetheless, it sounds like it's looking pretty good for Ryan Neal to play in this game. And and I can say from talking to him in the locker room earlier this week that he was in really good spirits. So I expected that he was going to be able to have a good chance to play. And Pete Carroll, 
indicated after he practiced on Thursday and Friday as a full participant that things were looking pretty good for him to be able to play in this game. So I would be surprised if Ryan Neal's not out there starting, even after injuring his elbow, uh, suffering what Carroll called a pretty significant bruised elbow. A few days, though, with a bruise, you can make a lot of progress. So it sounds like he's going to have a really good chance to be able to suit up. That's good news for the Seahawks. As far as their other two players on the injury list, Josh Jones, the other safety, he's missed the last two practices with an illness, the illness I mentioned a moment ago that has been running rampant in the locker room at the VMAC. But again, this has been something that's been a pretty quick turnaround. I would anticipate that he's going to be available for the Seahawks as their third safety and be available if Ryan Neal somehow can't make it all the way through the game or needs spelled at some point. Jones will be there. Jonathan Abram, who they just claimed off waivers. Pete Carroll was pretty blunt about his chance of playing this week and and said, I don't, when asked if he thought he was going to play. So he's only been with the team a couple of days. He needs a little bit of time to learn the defense before he's going to be able to play. So Josh Jones, that would tell me he's got a pretty good chance to play. Joey Blunt would also be available if they need another backup safety. Tease Tabor has also played some safety. So the Seahawks have some options there. Really the only player on here that I may be a little bit hesitant on saying whether or not he's going to be available is Travis Homer. And it's not because of the illness. He's also got a knee listed on his injury designation coming out of last week's game against the Raiders. And he did practice limited on Friday. So that's good news. At least he was able to take a step forward. Maybe that means he's got a chance to play in this game. But uh, they will have uh, other running backs available off the practice squad. Tony Jones Jr. is also going to be there. He was dealing with this illness earlier in the week and missed Thursday's practice, but he was back on Friday. So he's got a chance to be available there if they need him as that third running back. They can call up somebody from the practice squad. Today, that distinction should be coming out. I would anticipate they're still going to be bringing up Laquan Treadwell, second game in a row with D. Eskridge being on injured reserve, but maybe the other spot could go to a running back. We'll have to wait and see what the Seahawks choose to do. That information should come out later today. As for the Rams injury report, there's not really any surprises here, but it's much different looking than what the Seahawks is with some real star power that's sidelined for this game. Obviously the biggest one, Aaron Donald, first game that he has missed in his entire career due to injury. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. He suffered last week, so they ruled him out on Monday. He is not going to be playing this game. And Matthew Stafford, second straight game that he is out. So you're going to see a backup quarterback. I'm anticipating it's going to be Bryce Perkins, second straight week playing quarterback. But John Wolford is available as well. Terrell Lewis is not going to play. That was a little bit of a surprise to me. He started the last three games, but he's dealing with a back issue. So Another one of the Rams' pass rushers isn't available. And as far as questionable players, Brian Allen, the center, is dealing with a thumb issue. And I'll mention later why that's significant for this Rams offense because they've been doing a lot of musical chairs up front and a couple of defensive players that play quite a few snaps for the Rams in Troy Hill and Ernest Jones also listed as questionable. So again, you guys may hear, I don't know if you heard it or not, I've got cats in my hotel room and they're going to be chiming in throughout this podcast. So nothing I can really do about that. They get excited during the show. They can't wait for the football game tomorrow. But anyway, we're going to get to our keys to victory coming up next here on our special edition Saturday episode of Locked on Seahawks. What do the Seahawks have to do on offense and defense to get the job done and end their two-game losing streak at SoFi Stadium? Going to get to that here in a moment. 
This episode is brought your way by Prize Picks. It's week 13 of the 2022 season, and I've got Joe Burrow throwing three touchdowns in a huge matchup against the Chiefs. That might not seem like a bold lead, but with Prize Picks, it's easy to play. Daily fantasy, you put those entries to the test. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than a Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against each other. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections in any sport that you watch, whether it's the NBA, MLB, NHL, even disc golf. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. And it's currently operational in over 30 states as well as Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. You're listening to a special Saturday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm host Corbin Smith. Happy to be in my hotel room here in Idaho. I'm working on trying to move into a new house, and so I'm doing my 1,000th episode in kind of a, a different situation here. And I've got three cats in the room with me as well. So, again, you may hear them chime in. Rocky is especially a big uh, Seahawks and NFL fan. He's a Maine Coon, and he probably would be a three-tech on a cat football team. He's a lot of fun to watch chasing after balls and stuff. So anyway, they're probably going to want to weigh in on their thoughts on this game. So without further ado, let's get to our keys to victory for the Seahawks heading into this week 13 road game against the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm going to start on the offensive side of the football. It's pretty easy for me. Limit the self-inflicted wounds. That has been a big issue for the Seahawks offense the last couple of weeks. They're putting up points, especially this past game against the Raiders, but you had that botched fumble or botched handoff by Geno Smith with Ken Walker the third near the red zone that ended up yielding no points. That was huge in forcing overtime in that game. You had the interception by Geno Smith. The red zone efficiency hasn't been there. The third down efficiency has not been there. You have to control the time of possession battle. When you're playing against a team like the Rams that quite frankly has no business being in this game with all the injuries they are dealing with the lack of depth that they have on this roster. The best way to keep that team in the game is by making mistakes and hurting yourself, shooting yourself in the foot. As Geno Smith has said multiple times over the past week, they can't do that in this game, go out and play clean football. If you do that, you have the talent advantage across the board Take advantage of it against a banged-up team that isn't anywhere close to full strength. And that gives you a chance to put some points on the board early and, and make it that the Rams can't stick around. Okay, you're going to keep hearing cats, and I apologize for that. These guys, are uh, they're going to continue to be loud. They don't like being in the hotel room, so my apologies. Second thing here as far as keys to victory for the Seahawks on offense you got to capitalize on the absence of number 99. Aaron Donald not being in this game. He is one of those few players out there that can truly take over a football game from the defensive line. And the Seahawks know this so well from being uh, from just being demoralized by him over the years. He has dominated the line of scrimmage. He made life miserable for Russell Wilson. Geno Smith and his limited action against the Rams last year had to deal with it as well. When you face the Rams, you got to worry about number 99. But without him being there, and they also are going to be missing Ashawn Robinson as well, who's a very underrated defensive tackle. Both those players will be out this game. Robinson is done for the season. They've still got great games, but this is a Rams team that 
without number 99 and without Robinson, you should be able to run the football. There is no excuse for the Seahawks this week. They have struggled the last couple of games to really get their ground game going. You can't make any excuses now. You're playing a team that's undermanned. They're missing two of their best defensive linemen. You should be able to run the football. And I also look at the play action aspect for the Seahawks as well. This is a game that the Seahawks should be able, without number 99 being in the middle, rushing after Geno Smith. This is a game that they should be able to get some of those play-action opportunities, and the Rams have not given up many explosive downfield. But part of that has been the talent that they have in the trenches, including Aaron Donald with his interior pressure. If you don't have to worry about that as much, the chances that maybe DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett can get open downfield – increased quite a bit. And so I think that this is a game where you could potentially see maybe a deep shot or two. And DK Metcalf has had some success. Jalen Ramsey will never admit it, but Metcalf has had some success beating him downfield. And Russell Wilson couldn't take advantage of it in that second game they played at LA last year. If that happens again in this game and Geno Smith has time to throw, which I think he's going to have that in this game, really gives him a great opportunity to take advantage and be able to hit DK Metcalf a couple times downfield in this game. Not a lot of chances. This is not a team that gives up many explosives, but you could have a few opportunities if you can take advantage of them without Aaron Donald being out there. And last but not least, you got to manufacture chunk plays. This goes off of what I just said. The explosives haven't necessarily been there against this Rams defense. They don't give up a lot of deep passes. They haven't given up a lot of big run plays either. Where they have struggled, however, they have the eighth worst total for yards given up after the catch. And that's not a strength necessarily for the Seahawks, but they've been better this year than what they have in recent seasons. And the Rams have given up 1,362 yards after the catch this year. And this isn't picking up Bobby Wagner because as my good friend uh, with Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers, indicated on our crossover special a few days ago, Bobby Wagner has been one of the few bright spots for Rams team that's been a huge disappointment and has battled injuries throughout the season. But Bobby Wagner is still an older linebacker that doesn't move quite as well as he used to. Ernest Jones is banged up. Even if he plays, it's not 100%. Stretch those linebackers out with the passing game. Attack the middle. You may be able to attack horizontally a bit. And last week, that did not work against the Raiders. But you might be able to get your running backs and your tight ends into horizontal matchups where they're able to expose those linebackers. And so I think that that is one area that they can attack Bobby Wagner and have a little bit of success throwing the ball around him with your athletic tight ends, get your running backs involved some in the passing game as well. And you can create some after the catch opportunities by doing that, getting those players in space that in turn can end up tightening up the Rams defense some, and then maybe those shots I was talking about a moment ago, to DK Metcalf and company can end up happening as the game progresses, especially without the threat of Aaron Donald coming after you in the middle. As far as defense goes for the Seahawks, you make this one pretty simple too. When you're playing a major underdog like the Rams are going into this game, you need to send a message early, not just on offense, but defense. And the Seahawks last week started the game as fast as you can on defense. Quandre Diggs intercepted Derek Carr literally the first play of the game. I don't know if the Seahawks are going to do that again tomorrow going against a backup quarterback, whoever ends up getting the start for the Rams. But you've got to force quick drives that are resulting in punts. You want to demoralize an opponent that is an underdog and make them feel like they can't win the game. Get a bunch of early stops and don't let the run game gain any traction. Because if the Rams are going to have any chance to win this game, 
they are not going to win it on the arm of a backup quarterback. They are going to win it because they're able to take advantage of Seattle's recent resurfacing issues defending the run. And the Rams have not been a good running team to begin with. That being said, the Seahawks have let some teams that weren't great running teams run the ball well against them. So you can't let them do that. That's a way that they can hold on to the football and keep the scoreboard within distance at home. You don't want to do that against the underdog. The longer they hang around, the better chance they have to pull the upset. And then the second thing for me, going back to the run game, especially if Bryce Perkins is the quarterback. John Wolford has some mobility, but he is not Bryce Perkins. Perkins at Virginia put up some really gaudy numbers as a runner. He's super athletic. He can win scrambling. You can run designed quarterback runs with him. And the Seahawks have had their issues against teams with mobile quarterbacks that have mixed in designed quarterback runs this year, whether it's been Kyler Murray or some of the other quarterbacks they played earlier in the season that have mobility they have had issues slowing down those types of quarterbacks. And a lot of it has to do with the discipline, particularly with their pass rush. A lot of times they're getting too far upfield, or in some cases they're getting too far inside, and then the quarterback's able to escape the pocket, and then there's nobody to account for them, and they can take off. You let Bryce Perkins do that in this game, that is a way that the Rams can find a way to create some instant offense. When they haven't been able to throw the football, their run game with their traditional running backs has not worked. That would be a way that the Rams could maybe get some yardage and maybe put some points on the board this week. Take that away from them by playing sound, disciplined defense. And don't let Bryce Perkins take over the game with his legs because that's his best chance if he's the starter. Wolford's a bit, a bit more polished as a pocket passer if he ends up starting the game. And he can move some, but you're not going to see the design quarterback runs that you will see with Bryce Perkins. If Perkins plays, the Seahawks should be prepared for it. It comes down to discipline and execution, which has been a little bit iffy the last couple of weeks for the Seahawks defensively. And last but not least, perfect day to find a pass rush. This is the biggest issue that the Rams have had all year. And it's one of the reasons Matthew Stafford is not playing in this game. He has been abused every single game behind an offensive line that's had a different combination all 11 games. They are the first team since the NFL merger in 1970 to have a different offensive line combo in each of their first 11 games. And no, that is not a fun fact that you want linked to your football team because they have not been able to keep the same guys in the lineup. They've been rotating tackles. They're down to their fifth left tackle now as they continue to move forward without Andrew Whitworth, who retired after they won the Super Bowl in February. They've now got a seventh-round rookie playing over there, and he gave up five pressures last week, struggled in his debut. So they've had major issues. They rank 30th in pro football focuses pass block grades so they have just been terrible at protecting the quarterback if you're seattle's front line there's no excuse this is a game that you should absolutely be able to generate consistent pressure on bryce perkins or whoever else ends up playing the quarterback position if john wolford's out there you should be able to get after him it doesn't matter they have not been able to protect any of their quarterbacks this year the Seahawks have to be able to get after him with their pass rush. And if they can do that, as they should, it really should help them shut down an offense that's been pretty punchless most of the season. Even when they had Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Allen Robinson, this has not been a team that's been scoring a lot of points in large part because that offensive line has been atrocious really since day one for the Rams. Take advantage of it. Get that pass rush rolling, frequent pressure, and you can make this a long afternoon for the Rams offense. 
Up next, going to get to my weekly X factors as well as what Seattle must absolutely do to win this game and a score prediction. we got a lot more coming on our special edition Saturday episode of Locked on Seahawks. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. He sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the hotel. You'll hear from the likes of Christian McCaffrey talking about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football and Juju Smith-Schuster giving his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast. Audible, get in the game. You're listening to the Saturday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Hosting here from my hotel in Idaho, I'm currently on the move to a new home. I got a few cats chilling in here as well. They've been chiming in as my co-host today. So uh, hopefully our listeners today enjoy pets because they're going to continue to have an impact on this show. Thanks to all the 12s out there as always for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. And for your second listen, make sure to check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Seahawks will be looking to end a two-game losing streak against the Los Angeles Rams tomorrow at SoFi Stadium. They're going to be heavy favorites because the Rams are missing pretty much all their key contributors from last year's Super Bowl team. They're going to be without Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Robinson was not on the team last year, but their top two receivers, Matthew Stafford's not playing, Aaron Donald's not playing in this game. The Rams are missing most of their star players. They look like a shell of themselves, hence why they have a 3-8 and eight record going into this game. You can't take any opponent lightly in the NFL. Pete Carroll's been saying all the right things this week, especially given the fact Sean McVay is one of the very best coaches in football. If there's somebody that can make something happen with an underwhelming roster like the Rams currently have and pull off an upset, it's Sean McVay. Let's get to the X-Factors this week. Normally, Nick Lee and I on Friday episodes, we each have an X-Factor. I'm going solo today, so I have an offensive and defensive X-Factor. On the offensive side of the ball, a player that really hasn't done anything in recent weeks, I think he's going to have a big game tomorrow, in part because I expect the Seahawks are going to try to stretch the Rams linebackers a bit in the passing game. And so I think that this is a big game for Colby Parkinson and maybe his best game this season came against the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. So he's already had his opportunity to play well on that turf. He's done a nice job there. So I think this is a game where Parkinson, given the opponent, what the Rams have struggled against in recent weeks, the linebackers, again, they're good players. Bobby Wagner's still a very good player, but he doesn't move quite as well as he used to. And going up against a 6'7 tight end that can run, I think the Seahawks need to play that to an advantage offensively in this game. So I think that Parkinson has a chance to be a sneaky X factor to watch in this game. I haven't been happy with how little he has been used recently because early in the season, 
Uh, he was putting up some nice numbers with limited opportunities, and he's such a unique weapon at the tight end position. I think the Seahawks are going to find a way to get him the football a few times to make some big plays, maybe get a few chunk plays in the middle of the field. So he is an X factor to watch. Maybe a tight end touchdown, too. We haven't seen one of those in several weeks. Maybe Parkinson's the guy to do that. And on the defensive side of the ball, last week the Seahawks really struggled to generate much of a pass rush as a unit had four quarterback hits on Derek Carr the entire game. But going back and watching the film, Boye Mafe had some promising pass rushes in that game, and it just feels like he is on the cusp of a breakout performance rushing the passer. He's only got two sacks as a rookie. He has not generated consistent pressure, but there are signs that he's starting to figure it out, and we know the athlete that Boye Mafe is. And you look at the Rams' offensive line, I think Mafe is going to get some snaps going against the fifth-string left tackle and I think even on the other side, going against Rob Havenstein, Havenstein's been okay, but not great this year. He's given up almost 30 pressures and four sacks this season. This feels like the game where we could see Boye Mafe's athleticism come into play, especially because he's had a lot of success chasing down quarterbacks when they've tried to scramble outside the pocket. And Bryce Perkins is going to try to do that. Mafe is an athletic enough edge defender that he can run with a quarterback like Perkins. I just have a feeling that Mafe is going to have a breakout game this weekend. I don't know if that means multiple sacks, but I expect that he is going to make his presence felt as a pass rusher and a run defender. I just think this is a really good matchup against one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And you put him across that fifth string left tackle, somebody that he abused at the college level at Michigan State, that I think this is a great opportunity for him to have that breakout game for the Seahawks. So Look for number 53. I think that it's coming this weekend. We're going to see a big game from him rushing off the edge. As far as what the Seahawks need to absolutely do to win this game, we do this each and every week. The Seahawks will win if. In this instance, there's a lot of different things that I could say just simply because the Seahawks are a heavy favorite. And you don't like to you know, go into a game thinking that this game's already in the book because there is no such thing as that in the NFL. And the Rams are going to be ready to play. They're going to fight hard. They're going to battle. But this game just boils down to the turnover margin. The Seahawks win the turnover margin. They are going to win this football game. It's that simple. If you are not turning the football over, and the Seahawks have had some issues with that in recent games, but if they are not gifting the Rams turnovers and they are creating turnovers against a backup quarterback as they should, then they should be able to win this game going away. And I think you got to look at this, even if they go plus one or plus two. If you create more turnovers than what the other team does, you should be able to win this football game given the talent advantage that you have in all three phases of the game. All the injuries that the Rams have, the lack of quarterback play, lack of pass rushers. This is a game that you should be able to generate turnovers and you shouldn't have the issues giving the ball away to the opponent. Limit those self-inflicted wounds. If you do that and you are opportunistic on defense, Take advantage of your talent advantage. The Seahawks should be able to win this game. So with that being said, perfect segue into prediction time here. Now the Seahawks, I've picked them to win each of the past two games, and they have lost both of them. So some of our listeners might be thinking, well, maybe he'll change things up a little bit and go with an upset here. You know, Maybe I'm going to pay for this. But I think the Rams are going to be valiant fighters for most of this game. I think they're going to find a way to stay within striking distance just because they're playing at home. They play hard. Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in football. But if the Seahawks lose this game, it is going to be one of the worst losses that they've had under Pete Carroll. This team is 6-5. and five. 
if they fall to six and six here, not that the playoffs are out of reach necessarily, they could still make the postseason, but this would be a huge blow to their chances, especially when it comes to winning the NFC West. You can kiss winning the NFC West goodbye if you do not win this football game. This is one of those matchups that is as close to a guaranteed win as it comes. You just have to go out and you have to execute. The Rams have way too many injuries to have any business being in this game. And with that said, I expect that they're going to keep it fairly close until late. I think the Seahawks, just with being a healthier team, more firepower, the better quarterback, I expect that they're going to be able to pull away in the second half. So I'm going to go 30-16. to 16. I just don't think the Rams have enough weapons on offense to be able to put up more points than that, even with the struggles the Seahawks defense has had. This is a week to show some pride if you're Seattle's defense. If you can't get stops and slow down an offense against this opponent – uh, you're going to struggle stopping anybody. The Rams' offense has been that bad with the injuries and the offensive line play that they've had. So take advantage of the opponent, the opportunity here against a team that you should beat 99% of the time with the injuries they've got. Just go out and play your game, and I expect the Seahawks are going to do that. So, again, I'm going to go 30-16. to 16. I think the Seahawks get back in the win column to go to 7-5. and five. I do think that the Rams are going to make this closer than expected for most of the game before the Seahawks their offense being a little bit too potent or able to pull away late, get that seventh victory and try to stay within striking distance of the 49ers who have a tough game themselves. They're hosting the Dolphins, the eight win Dolphins this weekend. So, you know, maybe the Seahawks will get fortunate and the Dolphins will keep winning and the 49ers will lose another game. And then the Seahawks will be right back in the driver's seat to win that division with another matchup against San Francisco coming up in a couple weeks at home on Thursday night football. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Check out Locked On Seahawks and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on youtube before i go real quick we had a caption contest that we did on our twitter account locked underscore seahawks earlier this week we were supposed to announce the winner yesterday i'm going to announce the winner right now it was a caption contest and congratulations to augustin castro who's our winner this was easily my favorite uh caption that went with the picture I, i love the picture of kobe bryant by the way with his eyes wide open in Munich, just the craziness in the stands with the fans there in Germany. This line to vote Tariq Woolen for the Pro Bowl was this big. I just thought this was a perfect caption for the way that the season is played for the two standout rookie corners for the Seahawks. So Augustin Castro wins a salute to service mini helmet courtesy of Locked On Seahawks. Just hit us up at our Twitter account, Locked underscore Seahawks, to claim your prize. Again, as always, you can follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. We'll have our postcast coming tomorrow after the Seahawks-Rams game. A couple hours afterward, I'll be handing out game balls, three up, three down, and much more. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Go Hawks.